Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Uh, so I discovered TikTok. (laughs) Just now, right before it it, it goes away forever? Uh, it's not going away anymore. It's been saved. It's been saved by a very probably illegal and suspicious deal with the American government orchestrated by our president, of course. I'm sure either him or some of his friends made money Mm -hmm. would be my guess. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, TikTok had to be bought out within 45 days by an American company because, of course, we can't trust anybody else that's not American, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, And But as a requirement of the deal, uh, the president announced that... uh, an unspecified educational fund would receive a $5 million donation mm-hmm. from this company so that the government was benefiting off of Oh, the deal. is it his... Uh, it's Trump University. Is it Trump I Actually, I don't know if it is. I don't know what the what the fund is, but that's no, what he described the, it as. That, is it his new... That 1776 youth? thing or whatever, that yeah. education Could be. program that's meant to fight the awareness of... Like, yeah. Well, you know, the problem with American history has been that it doesn't tell you enough about white people. Right. Yeah. Like up till now, right. it really doesn't. It hasn't talked <laughs> about white people enough. Right. So maybe framed in a more heroic light, I think, uh, historically. We haven't really, you know, done that. Right. Like calling like the people who like first started our country, like we should call them something like fathers like the the Mm. fathers of the founding Mm -hmm. like founding fathers we should use terms like those that have never been used before in american history but also like why are why are us white people always pointing out painted out to be the bad guy in in history (laughs) come on guys we're we're the good guys uh obviously i'm just kidding please yeah obviously we're being facetious no one take that out of context and put it on the internet somewhere as like a a soundbite that's not oh no i would we are the bad guys always (laughs) Yes, obviously we're joking. Uh, um, I do not think I do not think American history needs, um, as taught in our public schools, needs more white people. Yeah. There's yeah. I feel I, I feel like too many. That whatever deal, the fact that that he that he had a hand in it, I was more okay with my information being somewhere in China than I am with mm-hmm. it actually being in the hands of uh, the current Americans in charge. So I don't have TikTok anymore. Also, I mean, uh, <laughs> I did, I still don't know what I'm doing with it. Someone followed me almost as soon as I start as I got mm-hmm. on, and I wanted to like apologize to them. I'm sorry, I haven't posted. I, have I don't know what you. I'm doing on here. Um, I just wanted to see why my kids get so excited about the YouTube videos that are based on TikToks. Mm. I just, I just know that whoever is getting information from TikTok, all they're, all they're getting is a bunch of Gen <laughs> Z people who have been stuck inside for way too long that now have, I don't know, to, turned to fictional characters and created more fiction. Like it's basically have- fan fiction, except turned into like TikToks now is what TikTok is. Well, and a lot of like people who are, um, kind of reverse engineering how to learn to cook Mm -hmm. through the use of the word hack they think that learning a recipe (laughs) is a hack i have discovered (laughs) that's not a hack that's a recipe i mean i guess it's a hack in the sense that like now you can take ingredients and make food out of them (laughs) (laughs) tomato hack take a knife cut it into slices (laughs) you just hack the tomato 
Mm. Well, that's, I mean, that's like a lot of like baking hacks. It's like, take some flour, have some uh, eggs, some milk, some sugar, some butter, mix it together. Put <laughs> like, it in a mug and put it in the microwave and you have a cake. Sometimes they're putting it in pans and putting it in the oven. And I'm like, well, now you're. Now, that's just a cake. Now you just baked. You, I mean, you baked it. If, you, if you've been on TikTok, you've seen the <laughs> egg sandwich. And Sydney hates this egg sandwich so much, and I don't know why. Taylor, have you seen the egg sandwich? I have seen an egg sandwich. Uh, I guess this is a specific one we are discussing. <laughs> it's like this way that someone came up we... with. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. But like you put the two pieces of bread down, and then you put the eggs on top, but there's a way to like flip it so that you're flipping it all into a sandwich, but you're you're making it flat oh, and yeah. folding it. I don't know. I've seen the that. Egg, the what? egg adheres to the bread. Yeah. And then you can flip it and then fold it. And it's just... Why does that make you every, mad? Everybody's like... Well, everybody's so excited about it. Like, look at this great hack. And it's like, this isn't... This is nothing. This isn't <laughs> saving you time. You could just put the bread in the toaster while you're making the eggs. This is... Sydney, <laughs> you found your niche of TikToks to make. And it's you duetting... Where you can like re- put your face next to a video that already exists, uh-huh. uh, put your own video. You do at these hacks, and you just yell at them the whole time I think about that, how this is not a hack. That would be a hit. There you go. <laughs> people will love it. I do. I do enjoy all the ones I have found the uh, genre of people packing lunches for people. Yeah. As opposed, I guess duetted with a video mm-hmm. of someone making a very intricate like well presented well prepared like here's my child's lunch for today and they're like cutting them nicely Mm -hmm. it's all like fresh stuff and there's like shapes involved and it's all a beautiful it's like one of those like really nice lunch boxes that has all the little things and like it's duetted with a video of a mom standing there like stuffing like oatmeal cream pies yeah. and like a lunchable, a lunchable <laughs> and like in one of them it's like a white claw yeah. just like dropped into the <laughs> bag like here uh, yeah well i've gotten into those yeah <laughs> sydney's a real mom <laughs> is that what it is she she doesn't she doesn't have time for the the the, the stuff that real moms have time for i try i actually i i kind of shot myself in the foot with that because i my um i found lunchables gross as an adult which is ridiculous what i'm sorry i i I can't eat anything inside a lunchable yet i will fully endorse their deliciousness thank you I, i i understand this perspective and i thought i would share it we got lunchables for charlie the first time and i was so excited i was like yes i get to eat these little teeny circles of meat and the crackers that are so cold they're always so cold the crackers and the cheese and i get to eat it all and i'm so excited and then i ate one and i was like this tastes bad and charlie didn't really like it so i started making lunchables for her which i mean it's not like fancy right it's just like cutting little things out of like slices of cheese and exactly i would cut i would cut the turkey into circles and cut the cheese into little squares and give her that and my homemade lunchables that's just a little also i could that's a baby charcuterie board that's what that's what your child is yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) but i but i turned my children off on lunchables Mm. because now they like fancy (laughs) bespoke lunchables now i'm surprised that's not a thing yet yeah I, there are the um, adult Lunchables you can find mm-hmm. at the store that are like, 
much nicer meats and cheeses yeah. and they come with like dried fruits and nuts and things like that that you can find those at the store actually endorse that but the important question is what about the pizza ones those have, are the best ones. Well, here's the thing. I've never gotten her the pizza ones because my uh, daughter, Charlie, will not eat pizza sauce. Cooper will, though. Cooper would probably Cooper would eat devour it. She, she that would eat the whole pizza. thing. But for Charlie, it would be sprinkling cold cheese on a cold circle of pizza um, crust. Oh, no question mark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're right. No. That would be bad. Do you know what the chicken nugget one comes with? No. This okay. I I put I have actually banned these from our home now. Okay, wait, wait, no, wait. This is a this is a fun game. I um, okay. Ba- there's a lunchable there's a chicken nugget one, so it comes with cold chicken nuggets. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and you just give your kid cold chicken nuggets. What does it? Okay, so like dessert. It comes with three things: okay. chicken nuggets. Yes. No, Mashed I mean potatoes? the three things with the chicken nuggets. <laughs> nope. Um, that you're never be- gonna guess this. A singular Oreo. Nope. A weird brownie? Nope. I have no idea. Peaches. <laughs> oh no, no fruit here. No. There, there are three things that come with the chicken nuggets. Okay. Okay. One is ketchup. Sure. Sure. That's okay. included yeah. as a side. Okay. Uh, the next is a Capri Sun. Okay. Delicious. Great. And the third thing is a box of Nerds. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what? How is that? I think, I think the kids overtook the Lunchables factory. I think that there is, there's a kid boss there that's making kid decisions. <laughs> and you, you gotta know because of because of you know the pandemic, my kids don't go to the store, so it's not like Charlie did not choose this. Oh, who did? But it did appear in our refrigerator, Justin. Uh, and okay, and I I saw this and I was like, well, I can't. I have not sunk this low. I can't do this. Mm. I can't do this. So that's it. Like your your lunch is some cold chicken nuggets with some ketchup and nerds and a Capri Sun. That does. I mean, it sounds delicious. I'm sure it's like Charlie <laughs> like would love it. But I I gave it to her actually just because I I mean I don't want. It felt bad to like waste it, but I gave it to her and I was like, enjoy this. <laughs> Because it is the only one you'll ever consume. I don't see any. Uh, what is enjoyable about that? Like uh, health, health concerns all completely ignored. Like cold chicken nuggets. Fried food is not good cold. I don't know. I try to. I don't. I am not like. I am not the the you know end all be all of parents by any stretch but i at least try to like balance out like my kid needs some vegetables and some fruits yeah they need some protein in there from something you know like here's some grains like i try to like (laughs) balance it all (laughs) some greens i try to chew on some barley child yeah (laughs) the the amino acids the kids need and the vitamins they need and where they all come from like i try to force those yeah i know you don't want to eat that vegetable but you need more vegetables eat the vegetable like i try that and this is just an extreme of giving up that i can't you know what you've done though is you've (laughs) you've implanted the uh the forbidden fruit in Charlie's brain. She's had it once. She'll never have it again. <laughs> so the day Charlie turns 16 and can drive herself places, she goes right to Walmart, gets that Lunchable, <laughs> says, I, 
Got you, mom. Eats that cold chicken one. nugget and goes, why did I want it? Why this? did I want it? <laughs> I Years from now when she's off at college and she gets a little homesick, she's going to go to the store and get herself some chicken nuggets and nerds and think of you. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it reminds me of my parents, chicken nuggets and nerds. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. fair. That's us. That's If Justin and I were food, we would probably be chicken nuggets and nerds. Because you're a bunch of nerds. I was going to say, who's the chicken nugget and who's the nerd? But I think I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so that's enough about Lunchables, we're I think. We're not talking about Lunchables. Are we not? No. I think we, we actually, are, actually. <laughs> we, we spent a whole episode once talking about Lunchables. That's true. We've talked about Lunchables too much. We've talked about them too much. Taylor, what are we actually uh, talking about? Today, we are talking about uh, the uh, the Rilo Kylie band, uh, their album, The Execution of All Things. Um, it was very, uh, I don't know, it was just like, I, it came out in 2002, I believe. So that was when I was in high school. And I definitely listened to it in high school, but it really kind of tracked through my college years and after. Um, uh yeah, just a album that stuck with me has a lot of really good songs on it. I, you know what was interesting? This is rare. I found myself not recognizing. I mean, there were some of the songs that stuck out as like, oh, okay, I've heard this before. Um, definitely when I started looking into all of the teen shows yeah. that had Rilo Kylie songs, mm-hmm. it clicked why I had heard so many before. Um, but other than that, like, it seems like this is a band that somehow missed me. Like Taylor, you're familiar with Riley. You're familiar with Mm -hmm. somehow I was not familiar. I mean, I really enjoyed we've actually all week we've had it on. Like we've just had Alexa playing songs. So Mm -hmm. I listened to the album, but I've also just been listening to random songs and uh, I really enjoyed it, but somehow I missed Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. I only was introduced to it because of you, Tay, you got me uh, this vinyl album once for a Christmas, I believe. And it was one of those that I would, like, leave on the record player for, like, getting ready for, I think I was still in high school, in the mornings. And I would mm-hmm. just turn it on and let it play in the background as I was getting ready. Um, and then eventually I realized I just wanted to listen to it, not just, you know, while I was getting ready in the morning. So I downloaded it to my phone and all that. Um, but it was the only time I'd been introduced to this band oh. was because of you, Tay. Well, that's, I, I mean, I got it for you because I thought it sounded like something that you would like, but also because yeah. it's Rilo Kylie. Uh, which I was curious yeah. about the band name, uh, and I, I I looked into the bit of the it's it's sort of some lore behind it because one bandmate originally claimed that he got the name from a dream where he was leaving through a sports almanac and saw the name in it and that was it. But then I think that I then after that. that they claimed like no, there actually was a Scottish athlete named Rilo Kiley and that's where they got the name. Huh. So it might be a real person that had lived. It might have been a dream that one of the band members had about a real person that lived <laughs> yeah did it inspire the name kylo ren is the big question uh, i mean you know they, they're both pretty angsty so there could be some yeah some correlation mm. there that's true i was amazed when i first heard this band name because i was like huh what i thought that was mine my name my nickname who else goes by this can't be Right. Yeah. So. Like, who else goes to go by this? Everyone, for reference, for someone not in our family, everyone has always called me Rilo instead of mm-hmm. Riley. Yes. My phone uh, auto completes to Rilo. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it I, tries to change Riley to Rilo. I guess it's just like a like a, a cuter version of Riley because it's the same amount of syllables. Yeah. It doesn't mm-hmm. really make it shorter. See, I thought it, I, I, I 
started to call you that because of the band, but I don't know. Mm. Just okay. May, and well, and That's it where also, it came from. It also we. Uh, I don't know because we shorten Taylor your name to Taylo. Often. That's true, and I've heard people make the attempt at Sidlo before. Uh, that doesn't make any phonetic sense, but I've heard it said. Sid no. Sid no. <laughs> Sid no. Sid no. It's just Sid. Sid no. Yeah, Sid's easier. Sid no. <laughs> That's when Sidney Taylor, does the bad. Ca- Sid no. Yeah. <laughs> Sid no. <laughs> yours came from that file you had saved on the family oh, yes. desktop. Yeah, we've computer. the Taylor personal file. The Taylor personal. But that, I don't know if that was because I. I was not as familiar with it. I don't know if I picked it up from you. Maybe I did. Maybe that's where Rilo came know, from was maybe. you. But um, it also, I don't know. Well, I, I wasn't going to call you Righty Boo <laughs> like mom and dad would. <laughs> well, you say it like that. No one wants to call anyone that. <laughs> yeah, that, that Righty Boo. Little Righty Boo. And I was like, well, I'm not going to say oh, that. that. sounded just like dad. And that's what he would say. <laughs> Yeah, I got, I had this uh, one girl in uh, elementary school and she tried to get Taby going and I just was like, I don't like you and I don't like that. Never talk to me again. Taby? Where do you even get the B sound from? There are no Bs involved in my name. I do not understand. Anywhere. Just was what she decided that that's Um, what I should be called and I did not like it. hmm. (laughs) Taylor, why do you think this album was like important or meaningful uh you know as i was listening back through it um man it took me places like these songs are tied to such specific moments in my life and i mean mm-hmm. it definitely was for me because i it came out when i was in high school and i was aware of it but i did not start listening to it until college and i think it makes sense because it's such like as a whole the album is like it's deeply sad but it's also deeply hopeful and i think Mm -hmm. that that encapsulates how i felt for my entire college career (laughs) Mm -hmm. like just because it's like you know it's very i I was always one that like even though i had like i never wanted to listen to the very clearly angsty sad angry music like you know that was never what appealed to me i like melodic music and this is such a poppy, digestible album in the audible sense. Mm-hmm. But then the lyrics are just so dark and, and you know, kind of nihilistic. And I think that combo <laughs> really did it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that about it. I like, um, I get drawn into music based on lyrics mm-hmm. and like singability maybe yeah i think that's a musical theater thing singability yeah i think if you grew up in show choir musical theater that's like that because i do the same thing mm-hmm. and that that definitely appealed to me as i was listening through this mm-hmm. um like i said i knew some of the songs i was like i know i've heard this mm-hmm. um which i looked up like this, there were rilo kiley songs on dawson's creek on the oc on buffy yep. uh there were lots of places where i am certain i encountered yeah <laughs> these songs there was one i saw that one was on a specific episodes of Daw- of dawson's and i had to like find that song it wasn't on the album that that we were assigned but mm-hmm. i had to listen to it to be like oh i remember this yeah. yeah okay i can see the scene now i can remember exactly what dawson and pacey were doing <laughs> well if you want to know no, <laughs> no i don't <laughs> it's in the episode barefoot at cape side and <laughs> that is the title do you want to 
continue. We did a whole episode. It was about the Dawson's beginning Creek. of when oh. Pacey was starring in Barefoot in the Park uh. that Andy was directing, and it was very awkward because they had broken up. But it was when he was falling in love with Joey. It's such a great episode. Anyways, <laughs> that's cool. We could just have Dawson's Creek again. That's you know, don't have to talk about the thing that I brought to the table. Let's talk about Dawson's Creek. I w- no, I'm not going to talk about Dawson's Creek. Uh, I want to talk more about. Taylor's album, yes, and less about Dawson's Creek. <laughs> oh, I see what you're doing here. But before we do that, uh-huh, let's check uh-huh. the group message. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I've been uh, I've been working from home a lot, uh, and trying to keep Charlie on schedule with her homeschooling, home virtual schooling, and uh, when you're working from home, it can start to feel like. If you don't go, if you don't get in a routine and like go through your usual morning motions, it can, it can feel really disorienting and it's hard to get in that headspace. And for me, part of doing that is like getting dressed for work at home, you know, and, but I want to feel comfortable too, because I'm playing a lot of roles, wearing a lot of hats right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, Beta Brand dress pant yoga pants are the perfect pants for this moment. I, uh, I always wore them to work when I was going to work like in person anyway, because they were super comfortable. They look nice. They are dress pants. They just feel like you're wearing yoga pants all mm-hmm. day long. Uh, but especially right now for working from home where I'm transitioning between a lot of different roles very quickly, all in the same space, having these uh, dress pant yoga pants from Beta Brand makes it really comfortable and easy. They're very functional. They feel like workout gear, but they're not. They're made of wrinkle-resistant, stretch-knit fabric. Fabric. That's that word, fabric. And they're perfect for long work days, whether at the office or at home or uh, running back and forth between one roll to the next. Uh, they got you covered. So, Taylor, if our listeners want to check out Beta Brand Dress Pant Yoga Pants, where should they go? Well, right now our listeners can get 25% off their first order when you go to betabrand.com slash buffering. That's 25% off your first order for a limited time at betabrand.com slash buffering. Find out why people are ditching typical work pants for Beta Brand's Dress Pant Yoga Pants. Go to betabrand.com slash buffering. Get that 25% off. That's a whole fourth. That's, Yeah. (laughs) Hey, that's math. Good math. You Thank have you. been in college. <laughs> yeah, can't you tell? I'm so educated. Uh, Taylor, please talk to us more about Rilo Kylie, and I will refrain uh, from mentioning. Right. I know you Dawson's love Dawson. Creek. I wasn't even going to say the name. Right. I wasn't even. I was just saying okay, the that show. Was uh, okay. that shall not be named. There, there are a lot of songs that I can kind of get into in particulars as to why I like it, but I, I think. Uh, you know, it's just the, my favorite song off the album. And I, I think a lot of people would, I think a just sort of, I don't know. I think this is kind of an important song for maybe a generation is a better son or daughter. Um, yeah, that one it's, uh, it's, it's been in a couple things. Um, more recently, uh, Hannah Gadsby, that comedy special in the net that was, uh, I think it was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It was so amazing and stirring. And just, if you haven't watched it, I suggest it, but it ends with this song. That's her outro music. Um, and I can like, you know, it's, it's such a build of just like going from a place of just feeling miserable and just, I, everything is awful and I'm a mess and I cause messes. And then it just crescendos into like this hopeful, like, you know, maybe if I just keep pushing through, I'll get there. But there's still that undercurrent of like, but you know, (laughs) like maybe not, Mm -hmm. I don't, Mm -hmm. I had it like. I had it as my wake up ringtone at like 
a very dark place in my life. I was like living in like just like a that's what I was living in like the punk house and like just you know working mm. I, I worked until I could get off and drink and then I would drink until I had to go back to work and that was my life and this was my alarm I for my like you know 545 like barely minimum wage job in the city that I had to take like two trains and two hours to get to uh but most of the time it didn't wake me up because I was still up from the previous day. <laughs> like <laughs> it was just like madness at that point in my life and just just mm-hmm. trying so hard and working physically so hard just to stay on my feet, but also like not doing anything productive with my life. And just like hearing this song come on in the other room as my phone was going off on the alarm while I'm like sitting at, you know, my dinner table with my roommates, like still up and drinking, like, oh, <laughs> Gotta go to work now. <laughs> Whoops, mm-hmm. messed oh. up this one again. <laughs> That's a yeah. visceral uh, feeling yeah. there mm-hmm. that you're describing. Yeah. An alarm going off and you're still oh, yeah. up. <laughs> oh, like yeah. repeatedly to the point that my roommates would be like, oh, it's that Rilo Kylie song. <laughs> like, Taylor, <laughs> change your life. <laughs> uh, I can see, you know, it definitely sounds, it, it connects me with that time, the time period that it's from. I feel like it's very like I feel that mm-hmm. it, it ties me back to those years, not only because of its association with different shows that I watched back then, but also because like it feels like the music I enjoyed back then um, and still do to this day, not not just back then. But um, there was something about I could identify the different instruments <laughs> and isolate them as <laughs> yeah. I was listening. There's something like not so polished about that that like i miss sometimes um it reminds me of days of like going to shows Mm -hmm. music like that takes me back to like being in some like dive bar somewhere watching some local bands play Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what i mean like that feeling and i could like in my brain if i wanted to i could focus on each different instrument and hear them individually in addition to the way they come together, like I feel like some music as it gets more polished, you lose some of that. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I'm like, I don't even know. Is that a computer sound? I don't know what yeah. that sound is. But <laughs> um, I, I like there's something about that music that connects me to those to my youth and those years and that that's very like stirring to mm-hmm. me. It does. Um, We talked about an artist I had brought several months ago, I think at this point, Dodie Clark, who started as a YouTuber. Um, and you had mentioned that the connection to some like 90s, early 2000s artists and this music to me was very reminiscent of her music mm-hmm. just because it has that mix of like when you really listen to the lyrics, like there's some darker stuff going on there, but the music isn't necessarily mm-hmm. in that same tone. Um, I know what you mean about listening for the different instruments because it, it's all very like it's not just about the beats and the like the moments and stuff. It's about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. as a piece not about like a catchy chorus or whatever it's about like telling a story through the song with the music to back up certain parts of it and make what's important you know sometimes you can hear like a person who's playing a specific instrument if you can just isolate that you can feel them coming through it mm-hmm. I, you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you can really feel that bass line you can really feel that guitar riff like you can really feel it mm-hmm. um and it, you feel connected because you i mean it's, i think it's normal in music to connect to the singer 
Yeah. They're singing. Mm-hmm. Sure. They're the <laughs> ones saying the words. They're the ones saying the words. And so like you can feel that. And that some sometimes in music when you can really hear those different parts, you can really feel like you're connected to that musician in the band in a way and like you can feel what they're trying to send through the music and I, I like when music does that I'm not saying like that's the best music that should only exist there's sure. lots of music that's a lot more produced and polished that I still thoroughly enjoy but there's something about that that feels very youthful and connected to years gone by for mm-hmm. me well that is because I do think that that specifically on this album like there are a lot of very like very building like kind of epic riffs that come in like opposite these kind of Mm-hmm. sad lyrics that I do think it's like a counterpoint you know you have the the awareness of the line but then you have a very hopeful kind of rising guitar presence that I really like like I can think of like a couple songs where it's like I think I know the lyrics but I also can like hear the guitar in my head is like and then the guitar kicks in and then it's like okay but you know maybe we're mm-hmm. gonna get better maybe things are gonna improve uh yeah I, I I really and again I think that that might be part of like my own personal experience spent in like I said mm-hmm. <laughs> local YWCA's watching <laughs> <laughs> watching bands with people that I know and them play you know what I mean oh, yeah. like yeah. It's, part of it speaks to me on that level it is like a part of this uh, genre of music that I feel like goes along really well with a lot of the music you both have brought to the show that like you both liked. That was uh, an antithesis to some of the more popular like boy bands or (laughs) Mm -hmm. girl bands of the same era that were all about like the poppy upbeat songs with the really catchy like dance moves and the music videos and and all that stuff. I'm not saying it's bad. Like Mm -hmm. I've listened to all that music too, but it's a really, I think, interesting like two clear categories of music that both I think were just as popular in that time period, but both are very different. It, it was that evolution, I would say, and Taylor, you could probably speak to this more intelligently than me, that evolution of like grunge into mm-hmm. something that was more uh, palatable to everybody, yeah. you know, more widely appreciated and whatever that music is, it's still got kind of that raw, mm-hmm. like, you know, you can see like the the long hair shaking back and forth as yeah. you're beating on the drums and the sweat flying off. You can still feel that, right. but it's a little more restrained. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that like, you know, I, so much of the music that like, I think is adjacent to this gets categorized just indie, which is it's like a, you know, well, that's <laughs> independent. That can literally be anything. But then there is that element that yeah. I think that that is the best way to describe it because like, when I listen to Rilo Kylie, like it has elements of like I don't know, like the Beach Boys. Like there's something very like mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Pa- old school palatable rock and roll about it. But then it definitely has some experimental elements. Uh, it definitely has some pop sensibilities. Definitely drifts into grunge territory. You know, different albums, maybe some like punk territory. And I like that. I like music that doesn't like. I get bored when a, a band does the same thing on every song over and over again. I, mm-hmm. The bands I typically like are ones that do have that kind of, that breadth of, of you know, different things to offer. I mean, it, and like even on this album, like, you know, the singer switches up. It's usually Jenny Lewis, but there are a couple songs that the other, the other, the, 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 the mm-hmm. guy, I think of his name, but he, he writes as, along with Jenny Lewis. And like, I, it's, it's always kind of jarring to me when one of his songs come on, but I also appreciate that they have that like variance. We mix it up. Mm. Um, 
That uh, so th- I know there were a lot of other projects that the people involved in the band did, like different bands that sort of I don't want to say split off. I was trying to read about the history of them to try to get a feel for like where did they go. Yeah, mm-hmm. I um, <laughs> I was hoping there was more know. of well, a it, story there, but I mean, it just yeah, they they broke up, but it didn't seem particularly yeah. like a bad breakup, you know. It just. It's and it felt very I was reading like the course of it and it seemed like they were sort of broken up but not really before they officially said they were but they weren't making any music at that point mm-hmm. so like I don't know and everybody was kind of involved in other things by then. Um, I guess Jenny Lewis went on to do like backup singing for different bands and stuff. Okay. So not as exciting of a breakup where are they now story. Yeah. Just kind of like, oh, no, good for them. <laughs> um, I think my, my favorite song in this album is actually the one that the album's named after, The Execution of All Things, just because I feel like it, I don't know, it has the most, re- not like repeatable, but like it's the one that gets stuck in my head the most, mm-hmm. but also like the more you think about what the lyrics are, are saying and like with the music that's kind of more upbeat and like lighter, it has like that really stark contrast between what she's singing about and what the music is mm-hmm. i don't know i really like that because it's one of those that you could just turn on the background and like oh this is a pleasant sounding <laughs> song this is a nice song but also then like you sit down listen to it and you're like oh well hmm, okay well, it's that's kind of to me like the album kind of breaks into three segments because that's what like execution of all things and like paints peeling and the good that won't come out mm-hmm. are three like I feel like it starts at such kind of a nihilistic place and like it doesn't reveal mm-hmm. its hand of any kind of hopefulness because that's like the execution of all things and like specifically the good that won't come out the first song on the album i i like it's a very it's a very smooth intro to something that builds to something a lot more over the course of the album but like 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 the lyrics mm-hmm. on the good that won't come out i mean like specifically the one that sticks in my head because it's so relevant still is like you know let's complain about the disappearing ground while we watch it melt and it's just literally feels like we're, we can't do anything good like nothing good will come of us we have all this potential and we're doing nothing with it and i think that that's you know mm. i i don't know i don't know why i like the pleasant nihilism of the first half yeah. of the first three quarters of this album well um, i mean i think that i think again it, it is very much like the time period you and i sort of came of age i suppose that was the like dominant mindset i felt like i mean maybe that was just my personal experience but that was my take on the world is like where is everybody's headspace like well we kind of think everything's going to heck but we're fine with it Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah it's fine i mean it was very like it's the end of the world as we know it and i feel fine like that was that was the epitome of that time period was that way of thinking like that's fine it's you know the late 90s it's the early 2000s we don't really know what's happening anymore we but it's we'll just keep moving forward and i don't know that that was how i felt moving which i don't know sometimes i wonder if that has uniquely prepared us for this current it seems like it's come back around <laughs> situation where like during the pandemic we all had to like go into our homes and try to be okay with all the things we couldn't do at that moment and yeah i felt like okay I can, fine. Do, I can do that. You know, I, I will agree with that because I can say like, you know, I've this for the, the kind of painful period of my life that this album harkens back to where I felt like 
things didn't go right for me, so I just gave up and said, you know, screw it. I'm done. I'm not going to try. I'm never going to be anything. I give up. And I gave up for a solid decade. And then I was like, oh, crap, I'm, I'm still here. <laughs> I still haven't done anything. And you can only give up so long before you kind of get tired of giving up and get back around mm-hmm. to trying to do something again. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where I don't think I'm alone in like the kind of elder millennial mindset of that. Like, I might not do the things that I thought I was going to do, but that doesn't mean that I can't do anything and I can mm-hmm. weather whatever because I weathered that. <laughs> well, and I, I do think that the, you're right in that like now I feel that same like the fact that things are falling apart does not catch me off guard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt like that we were we were trained to expect that, but I do feel a lot more like okay, so what do we do about it? Sure. So let's, okay. Okay, so I'm supposed to stay home. Got it. Wear a mask. Got it. What else do we need to do? Mm -hmm. Do we need to protest? Do we need to rally? Obviously vote. What do we need to do? I feel like a lot more equipped to take that next step. Like you said, not just say, well, I I give up then. Nothing can get better. Mm -hmm. But to say, okay, everything's falling apart. What do we do to fix it? How do we... Yeah. yeah, rebuild. Because that's what in any time, and I, I get, I totally understand the younger mindset of like, we just need to burn it all down. Like, you know, just whatever. It's not for us. And I get that. But I always say like, yeah, but you know what happens when you burn it all down? You're still there. And now you just have a bigger mess to clean up because I've done that with my own life. So that's not the answer. We actually have to make it work. Yeah. And I mean, right along with that late 90s, early 2000s music, we've come right back around fashion full circle. <laughs> Everything's coming back. Maybe like we're all just kind of regressing <laughs> to pretend we're not here anymore. <laughs> I don't know. My uh, my youngest Cooper told me yesterday that she will not follow orders anymore. Whoa. Out of nowhere. So okay, maybe that's the mindset of the new. Gen- I don't know where that came. I I she was about to run down the stairs, and mm-hmm. she has trouble on stairs. Sure, on her own she's still. very small. Yeah, and so I wanted her to just wait for me so I could walk down next to her. I'm trying to let her have independence. Mm-hmm. And I said, wait, wait, don't don't go down yet. Wait for mommy. And she sa- turned around and looked at me and went, I don't follow orders anymore. <laughs> <laughs> she get that from TikTok. What? Probably. I don't know. I, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's don't get me wrong, though. If that's the mindset of our new generations, I'm not against that's it. That's my mindset. <laughs> I don't follow orders anymore. I like that. I like where we're going here. Let's yeah. keep this up. But learn how to walk down the stairs safely on your own first <laughs> yeah um i uh i do want to two of my other favorite songs of this album uh towards the end are uh with arms outstretched and spectacular views mm. and i think they kind of pair together well uh and i think it, it still kind of factors into the same conversation because they're they're probably two of the more upbeat songs on the album maybe the most upbeat um, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of hope in the lyrics, but there's sort of an awareness of like when you find a beautiful moment, just it you don't have to justify it, just enjoy it. Like mm-hmm. you know, you at some point, good days end. You know, it, there's like I don't know. I I think that that's that's another one of those those songs. Both kind of make me like very happy, but very kind of teary eyed because it's just that like. Here's this one day that's really mm-hmm. good, and that's it, and that's what we have, and you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I like that. I like yeah. that. That's very earnest, and it's also a nice contrast to a lot of the cynicism that existed in that time. Yeah, like a turn away from that and say, like, you don't have to make fun of it to make it okay. Mm-hmm. Just that's what. Well, it's 
another very specific like memory that's tied with arms outstretched, which is like the you know it's the one with like this day by the lake went too fast is the lyric that I'm kind of referencing, mm-hmm. and I never like I never had like the cool high school memories of like I don't know going to to do things with large groups of people. <laughs> <laughs> going to the lake. Well, sure, to the lake but off. that's the thing. So it was it was actually while I was in college, but the one summer that I spent at home was my between my freshman and, and sophomore year. And I, uh, one of my high school friends, I guess, uh, invited me with a bunch of other people that I'd gone to high school with to go uh, cliff jumping at that lake. What was it like? Oh, Grayson. Grayson. Oh, Grayson. Yeah. yeah. And I never, I'd heard about it in high school. I was never invited to go. I never went. And I went with this group of, of people. And we, it just felt like, you know, I got one day like a normal teenager. It was this one day where we like drank beers that we shouldn't have been drinking and dove off cliffs. And, and it felt like I, you know, I never mm-hmm. got another one. But that song always <laughs> kind of linked to that day for me. Like I had that one. And, as I can think about all the days that I didn't have, or I can think about that one just perfect day of feeling completely normal. Yeah. I will say that cliff jump, jumping is very dangerous. It is, it is. I, 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 I wouldn't do it now, and I'm glad I got away with it that one day that I did. <laughs> that's I how I I'm feel. Joking. I did it once, and I would never do it again. That, that's same here. I didn't jump off the really big one. No, we didn't. We, I, didn't. we, we were on just one little cliff. We didn't really go... Mm hardcore yeah no. i do not i do not yeah we 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 on still buffering do not endorse cliff jumping no no <laughs> no uh that is a better lake though the other lake that i remember hanging out on was beach fork lake which is 50 percent water and 50 percent carp and oh no carp that's us mm-hmm. like you know the fish, fish? it's 50 percent fish mm-hmm. i don't think it's really 50 percent fish but it feels that way just a lot because there's so many there's so yeah. many carp, and carp freak me out. What is it about carp that freak you out? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Is there not they another fish always, that freaks you out? Is it just Everybody the feeds the fish uh, at Beach Fork when you first walk on yeah. the dock. And so when they hear, like, vibrations on the dock or footsteps, all of them come to the surface looking for food, and the water around the dock becomes, like, a blanket of carp mouths. I do not enjoy that, it's, actually, now that you describe yeah, it that some, way. It's like something from a horror movie. <laughs> well, you know how I feel about moderately to, to large-sized fish. I don't like them, so I'm fully against <laughs> Okay, now wait. What about, I didn't know you had this bias against moderately to large-sized fish. What about extremely are, small and extremely large? Uh, you know what? That's fine. That's fine. Okay. Very small is cute. <laughs> that's fine. If, if it's like, if it could fit... In my hand, that's fine. And mm-hmm. if it's like a sure. whale, that is just a majestic creature that I cannot fully process or comprehend, and that's fine. But like anything that's like, I don't know, just like an angry, wet, muscular tube that could like bite me oh, or touch ew. me, I don't like them. I don't like, I think I'm actually like sharks. Yeah, those are scary, but I respect sharks. But just big mm-hmm. fish don't like it. No. no, I don't like yeah. it either. It's because even if they can't bite, like I worry about like what suction might feel like from their big, right? Ooh, like their big fish I mouth. To, I, I, yeah. I don't know much about fish. No. <laughs> yeah, that's like, I don't either. This, I think that's becoming very apparent. A, a great deal of ignorance about fish on this I podcast. Just, I don't like them, and that's where I end it. I, I 
Like that's like uh, the, the few times that I've been like like where you can like feed koi fish. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, how beautiful! What beautiful majestic fish! I'm like, no, that's a, that's a nightmare. The idea of just We're- like those thrashing, chomping. Mm-hmm. wet bodies i don't i don't like them i don't like i don't the, like we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get a new review on some of which is uh, one star they hate fish. <laughs> the bad fish podcast yeah. oh no we're bad, bad at fish, fish and we're podcast. bad at cereal we're a bad cereal podcast this is sorry about that I'm, and look if you're if you're a medium to large but not too big size fish listening to this podcast i'm sorry i, I try to be very open-minded and understand about most things but not you, buddy. No <laughs> way. You. That's like, I have one final hypothetical. A friend posed on Twitter once. It said, would you rather have all the bugs we have now or just one very, very large bug that existed on the planet in its own space, but one very, very large bug that you knew existed, that you were constantly under I, under threat of large bug, but no other bugs. I, okay. Two things. One, I like a lot of bugs. Not all bugs. There are Some a lot of, of bugs I me, don't like, though. But I like a lot of bugs, and so it's hard for me to say, like, I wouldn't want all the bugs around, because, like, we like to look at buggies here. Sure. But um, the, my bigger fear is I don't trust humans, and if there was one very large bug somewhere on Earth, I don't know what humans would decide to do with that power where... <laughs> we're, okay. we're very disturbing as a species. I don't know how we would yeah. choose to interact with that giant bug. That's fair. We would probably make it out to be some sort of deity and then we'd fight wars over it. I'm just guessing. <laughs> That's On our track true. record. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like there'd the, be a the monument little bugs. To it no somewhere. big bug for me. No big bug. No, no big bug. I think I just want to know what big bug would be like. I picture him as a wise old beetle. <laughs> yeah, I was picturing a beetle too, but like if it's a mosquito, that's a bad scene. Right? Right? It just depends. I don't know what kind of bug it is. Mosquitoes <laughs> are very deadly. I think a very large mosquito, though, like mechanically wouldn't work, right? Like you. That's true. If it's, yeah. To like, fly? Well, to, you know. To sting? sting to, well, to poke? Suck bite. the blood, yeah. Mm. Just gore a hole in you. Uh, yeah. I also think that there's... Well, depending on how big it is, it's gore may be bigger than your yeah. body. It just could yeah. sleep you up. Oh, I, okay. This is... Bad. I feel like I feel like at some point on some probably like 3 a.m. Tumblr dis- discussion, I encounter the knowledge that very large bugs couldn't exist because there's something about gravity and bug exoskeletons. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody will tell me. This is a bad bug podcast. <laughs> bad bug podcast too. <laughs> uh, we know nothing about fish or bugs. <laughs> this is our. This is going to be our pin for next year. It's going to be a comment. <laughs> One yeah. star. Bad bug cereal and fish, fish podcast. podcast. Uh, what a good pin, though. Did, uh, yeah, Sid, pin. did you did you say what your favorite song on this album was? Uh, you are already the better son. Oh, that's yours as well. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. That that was that was easily my. Yeah. And this was my first um, listening. Yeah. That's what if I ever do anything listening. significant enough with my life <laughs> that I deserve a, a a biopic. I think that it would open to that song. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Was very good. That one struck me. And I I had heard. I will say that that was one that like as it started playing, I was like, okay, I am mm-hmm. somewhere. I have osmosed this. Yeah, osmosed. Um, 
Yeah, but that. <laughs> You're really good at words today. Yeah. <laughs> My first listing, <laughs> except I Osmos, that one song. Well, and I, I didn't realize until it's I was kind of school. doing some research on this album that there is, I guess there's sort of a secret song on this uh, in that oh. there's a song broken into like three parts that plays at the beginning and end, you know? Uh-huh, and it's, uh-huh. I think it's I, uh, it's how I choose to remember it or something like that. It's it's a song about oh. uh, Jenny mm. Lewis's parents getting a divorce, and it's spread throughout the album. And it's really, it's that kind of weird sing-song, sort of carnival-sounding music that's playing. But I actually read the lyrics, yeah. which I've never done before. I'm like, oh, that's a whole other element there that I never paid attention to. Wow. That the whole thing is framed what? with a discussion about her, or a song about how she thinks of her parents' divorce. Yeah. Wow. I think that uh, that this was. I'm glad that you brought this because I have really enjoyed listening to the music. So is Justin, by the oh. way, because we've been listening to it mm-hmm. together, and uh, the girls actually have really wow. enjoyed listening. So it's, it's been nice. Affair. It's it's like it's become our go to in the last week for what we have on when we're all just kind of in the house together playing or hanging out. We usually have music on, and it's become our new go-to music to have on in the background i know that sounds weird we talked about how like sad it is well, that our like I, I family it, time is spent with the backdrop of rilo kylie but that's what we've been doing lately well that's good that so, makes me well. happy and I, I, a lot yeah. their other albums are great too this was the one that was most pertinent to me but like i think more adventurous was like the one that followed mm-hmm. this and that one's really got a ton of good songs on it mm-hmm. yeah we've we've really enjoyed it and i think it's one of those where like i don't listening to it i don't know why this band wasn't like more popular i mean i know they were certainly but like it feels like a band that should have uh you know made i feel like should still be a bigger deal for the music that they make because it's really good Mm. that's my personal opinion well thank you for giving it a listen both of you thank you for yeah thank you it was good to go back and re-listen it's been a while well uh what's what's next well next thursday is october 1st so Ooh. it's the beginning oh. of the of the month of spook. Although I've already started decorating and, and everything because mm-hmm. it's already fall. Sure, sure. But next Thursday is the official first day of the spooky season. So I want to talk about the Nightmare Before Christmas. Nice. Yay! Is arguably one of my favorite movies of all time, but also just one of the best spooky season movies as well. Well, we will watch it and uh, discuss it. That sounds wonderful. Delightful. Um, it has been chilly here. It has been chilly. So it is, it is time for that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you both. Uh, thank you listeners. Um, I hope you enjoyed this bad fish bug cereal podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, change our subtitle to that. Oh. <laughs> we are still buffering. Hello. Welcome. We know nothing about fish bugs or cereal. Yeah. Well, and welcome to Still Buffering, a bad fish bug cereal podcast. <laughs> fish bug cereal sounds terrible. That does sound very bad. Oh, it's no, important. It's <laughs> the apo- or the commas there are very important. It's important to know your strengths. Embrace embrace your weaknesses yeah. as part of who you are. I will um, not embrace a fish. You can't make me. <laughs> uh, you can tweet at us at Still Buff. <laughs> about how bad we are at talking about bugs if and it's fish. a question about bugs or fish or cereal we won't know the answer same if you email us it's still buffering at maximumfun.org we won't know the answer there either yeah. um, ask my husband about cereal don't ask any of us about the other things no. we don't know the extent yeah, no, of my bug knowledge is apparently they can't get big maybe I don't know 
(laughs) (laughs) And with fish, I think there might be some sucking suction type thing there that freaks me out. (laughs) Anyway. Thank you to Maximum Fun for hosting our show. You should go to MaximumFun.org for a lot of wonderful podcasts that we think you would enjoy that may discuss these topics in a more enlightened fashion. If you have a very good bug, fish, and or cereal podcast, let us know. Let us know. We'll tell other people to listen to that one. Yeah. Instead of not this, this one. That. Um, and thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. This has been um, your bad fish, cereal, and bug <laughs> podcast. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I'm still buffering. And, and I am two. <laughs> and none of us know anything about those three things. I'm sorry. I don't want fish facts in my head. I do not allow them. (laughs) Fair enough. That's fair. Hey, you like movies? What about coming up with movie ideas over the course of an hour? Because that's what we do every week on Story Break, a writer's room podcast where three Hollywood professionals have an hour to come up with a pitch for a movie or TV show based off of totally zany prompts. Like that time we reimagined Star Wars based on our phone's autocomplete. Luke Skywalker is a family man and it's Star Wars, but it's a good idea. (laughs) How about that time we broke the story of a bunch of Disney Channel original movies based solely on the title and the poster? Okay, Sarah Hyland is a 50-foot woman. Let's just go with it, guys. (laughs) Or the time we finally cracked the Adobe Photoshop feature film. Stamp tool is your Woody, and then the autofill is the new Buzz Lightyear. (laughs) Join us as we have a good time imagining all the movies Hollywood is too cowardly to make. Story Break comes out every Thursday on Maximum Fun. I don't know why I'm using this voice now. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.